2: This is Global News Hour at 6.
3: Good evening and thanks for joining us. Health officials clearly stated they wanted British Columbians staying home this Easter long weekend, but there are concerns not everyone is getting that message.
2: And the actions of some might set us back in the fight against COVID 19. Health officials revealing we have 40 new cases today, bringing our total to 1,410. Sadly, we have five additional deaths, three of them in long-term care homes. Now, one of the biggest concerns, as mentioned, is the thousands of people who appear to be ignoring the advice to stay home. As
3: Brad McLeod reports, while some popular sites are noticeably quieter, residents of some smaller communities fear for their health and safety as a parade of visitors arrive. It's not a time to travel. It's not a time to be
0: in groups. It's time for us to, to hold the line. The message was clear headed into the long weekend, but did it sink in? In Shuswap, a few Albertans seen slipping across the B.C. border despite stern advice not to.
3: I think they have a right to come here. Um, I don't think they have a right to come
0: and go back and forth. Popular spots like Crescent Beach in South Surrey, busy Victoria's Dallas Road. Steady, but lots of room to move. This sunny long weekend may be the perfect storm against our struggle to fight COVID-19. Great weather combined with people feeling cooped up for weeks and those justifications, why self-isolation may not be that important, start to creep in.
2: In the last couple of days, even the marina is filling up.
0: Gulf Islanders concerned over increased ferry traffic from the mainland. This sign up for a time on Galliano. Sunshine Coaster's also seeing an influx.
4: Absolutely panicking, because this community only has 31,000 people in it. And of that, about 30% of our population are
0: seniors. BC Ferries repeatedly asking for only essential travel, but saying right now, it's an honor system. Remote communities like Port Renfrew on the west coast of Vancouver Island, manning stations to keep visitors out and residents safe. And just north of them, the very tempting... We're seeing a very small handful of visitors arrive on the coast, a combination of second homeowners and then a really, really small handful of people who've just arrived with, with no plan at all.
4: Stay local. This is a time for local.
0: Victoria taking measures ahead of the weekend. Iconic Beacon Hill Park closed to cars.
4: and That will create more space for people to walk in the park with those appropriate social distances.
0: Also, some tightly packed angle parking being converted to parallel to create more room. It appears most people have stayed close to home, but is most enough. After this
5: weekend, there may well be, um, particularly if we see an uptick in, uh, in COVID-19 cases, uh, stiffer measures.
0: We'll know for sure in a couple weeks. Brad McLeod, Global News, Victoria.
3: All right, Keith Baldry is live in Victoria for us. You spoke with Health Minister Adrian Dix today, Keith. What's his take on all of this?
6: Yeah, he's disappointed with what he saw, particularly on the ferries and the highways. But he did note, at least there's half the sailings and ferries now that they've cut back themselves. And he hopes uh, the behavior will improve over the weekend. We're just at the beginning of, of course, a, a long weekend. Now, another development today, Dr. Bonnie Henry did not hold her daily news conference, but she did release an op-ed piece on the issue of masks. She doesn't want you to go out there and buy surgical masks, or any mask that would be worn by a healthcare care professional, a frontline worker. But she did talk about this. This is a cloth mask that my wife, Anne, is quite the seamstress made. Uh, She made 24 of these. And they're very effective, according to Dr. Bonnie Henry, at least potentially not to protect you from getting the virus, but to protect other people from you transmitting the virus. If you wear this, it's going to catch your droplets uh, very effectively and will protect a lot of people around you. So she says if you have to go out, you can wear a cloth mask. It's not to protect yourself, but to protect the people around you. A couple rules on it. Always keep it clean and always wash your
2: hands before you put your mask on.
3: Good advice. and can't say it enough. Thanks very much, Keith.
2: Vancouver Park Rangers will be out in force this long weekend, ensuring people are following those physical distancing rules. The park board is expanding the rangers' work hours and keeping the entire staff on duty through the weekend. You'll see more patrols in the busiest parks, like English Bay, Stanley Park, and the Kitts beaches, along with pop-up patrols in other city parks. More signs are also going to be up to remind people to keep at least two meters apart. Under the city's state of emergency bylaw, failure to follow physical distancing rules can result in a fine of up to $1,000.
3: It's day one of the new reality at Vancouver International Airport and at every other port of entry effective today. Anyone coming into B.C. has to prove they have a self-isolation plan. Global's Paul Johnson is live at YVR. and Paul, in some cases, the police will become involved to make sure these new rules are followed.
5: Absolutely. You know, Sophie, if they were struggling to get through to people about this issue in the past, I think it's likely they're getting people's attention now. When you land at YVR or when you come through a land border crossing, you have to leave the address where you're going to do your self quarantine. The Mounties can come and pay you a visit there. And if you're found not to be in compliance, you can face a $750,000 fine or possibly six months in prison. It's a bit... Complicated. Landing at YVR Friday never felt sweeter. Salmon Arms' Reese Richardson found herself in the Australian outback when COVID-19 blew up.
4: And as soon as I got to the outback, it just kind of hit and everything closed and shut down. You might say that's an
5: epic trip, but Richardson's actually got another two weeks to go. Canada's self-quarantine protocol for returning travellers is now operational and enforceable.
4: All they asked was if I had plans or if I had somebody to give me things, get me things, or if someone was going to be isolating with me, because as I came back, uh, the person who comes to pick me up has to self-isolate as well, because I'm still from a foreign country.
0: That's so good. It's so nice
5: to be home. Also returning from Australia, Nachum Abraham, who happens to be a medical student. He said he was surprised authorities were not taking the temperatures of returning travelers. He filled out his quarantine plan in advance and was otherwise impressed by the situation at YVR.
0: The process to get through was really nice. Everybody was very aware of what was going on and very kind. Uh, and there was very much... a you know, do you need help to get these things in order as opposed to, you know, make sure to get these things in order. And
7: the
5: same rules are also in place at all land crossings. Check out this sign advising of the procedures at the Peace Arch border crossing. You know, and we heard some really powerful stories from some Canadians about these epic journeys they've made to come home. You saw the young woman there who was literally in the Australian outback when this started. And they talk about the stress of being in foreign countries when these lockdowns have happened, about taking trans-Pacific flights with hardly any passengers, but everybody else, everyone has a mask on, how stressful that is. And then to come back, nobody is telling me that they feel burdened by this rule about the two-week quarantine. They say they're just happy to be home. Sophie?
3: I'm sure they are. Paul, thanks for that.
2: A Metro Vancouver man has a desperate message for everyone during the pandemic. Follow the social distancing measures and regularly wash your hands. Garrett Corrigan doesn't want anyone else to go through what his family is going through right now. First, his mother contracted COVID-19. She's now recovering as she self-isolates at home. Now his father is on a ventilator in hospital after also contracting the infection.
7: It's hard, I mean, when you go through things like this, it's, it's hard, you want your family there, you wanna be all there to support each other and you can't. People that are like not respecting the social distancing, um, I do work in healthcare and I do transport patients and so many times I've seen families standing outside crying as their loved one was brought in and and they're trying to save their lives. And the family's not allowed in. The family's not allowed in to be there for them. And it's it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Until you you're in that position, you don't know how helpless you are. I wish everybody could respect it. You know, I see people in the grocery store with their ch- like children, the husband-wife, and, and it really frustrates me because I don't want anyone else to go through what we're going through because it sucks.
3: After seniors' care homes, the next largest outbreak of COVID-19 is in a Fraser Valley prison. Correctional Services Canada is confirming 26 cases of COVID-19 at Mission Institution. There are 23 inmates and three correctional officers at that institution who've tested positive for coronavirus. One infected inmate has been transferred to Abbotsford Regional Hospital. A Vancouver lawyer who works with inmates says the outbreak could have been prevented.
7: The cases that we're seeing now really describe exposures 14 days ago. Uh, I'm afraid that this is going to explode in a number of facilities and there's really no way to stop it now. And that's why many lawyers uh, are advocating to have people released immediately on bail so that they can uh, go home and go back to places in the community where they can take care of their health
3: An open letter has been signed by 100 medical professionals calling on the federal and provincial governments to consider early release for some prisoners.
2: We're in one of the most intensely religious periods of the year. Easter, Passover and Ramadan will all be deeply impacted by the COVID-19 crisis.
3: Well, for people of many faiths, the coming days are some of the holiest of the year.
2: But with churches, synagogues, temples and mosques all closed... And community gatherings put on hold, marking the rites of spring is going to look a lot different this year. Nadia Stewart reports.
8: It is normally the busiest weekend of the year for many churches across the Lower Mainland. But this Easter weekend...
2: Every church, I believe, is doing Easter differently.
8: Pastor Sam Owusu will be leading Easter weekend services entirely online. And while he admits this might seem unusual, for many, it's more of a return to the way this holiday actually started.
7: Easter
2: in the Bible, in fact, beginning the Old Testament and New Testament, actually was celebrated in the home. So from our point of view, we are just going back in time to celebrate what they did both in the Old Testament and New Testament.
8: Church at home is the new normal. With many churches embracing technology, live services replaced by live streaming. Over the last several weeks, the inability to assemble has left many in BC longing for community, A new Angus Reid poll showing British Columbians are connecting to faith-based groups for support.
4: One in five people in this country and and about the same number in BC saying either they themselves or a a person close to them has been helped by a faith institution. And this pandemic is forcing us not
9: to be indifferent to our own actions or the, the needs of other people or the idea that there's something bigger than ourselves.
8: In a letter to the more than two million British Columbians who identify as Christians, people are being encouraged to keep their faith alive, allowing it to inspire them to see beyond their present circumstances.
5: We get into the perfunctory habit of faith, but not the life and community and reality of faith. So this withdrawing us a bit might help clarify what we are grateful for and what we
2: need to be about.
8: Nadia Stewart, Global News. The pandemic is prompting
2: the Union Gospel Mission to change up the way it's serving its annual Easter dinner. The UGM says it'll serve 1,200 meals over the course of the entire weekend. But unlike in 2019, there won't be a dine in option. Workers will gear up in personal protective equipment and meals will be served to go. 650 pounds of ham and 450 pounds of scalloped potatoes will be consumed as physical distancing guidelines remain in place. The organization says it's important to continue to provide life-supporting services while reminding people that there is hope for a better life. The U.S. Department of Transportation and the European Union have recently ordered airlines to offer refunds to passengers for flights canceled by the coronavirus.
3: But Canada is standing firm and refusing to do the same. And as you can imagine, that is upsetting a lot of customers here. Let's bring in Consumer Matters reporter Andrew to tell us more. And...
4: Thanks, Sophie. We have heard from countless consumers who have been told they are getting vouchers instead of refunds. And in some cases, passengers like Jamie McMartin were promised a refund only to be told later that because of the pandemic, she would be getting a travel voucher instead. Now, with this recent news coming out of the U.S., she's angered Canada isn't doing the same. It's ridiculous, to be honest with you. If everyone else is is doing it, then I feel like they should be looking into it. That's Jamie McMartin's reaction to the fact Canada's not following in the footsteps of the U.S. Department of Transportation and ordering airlines to offer full refunds to passengers whose flights have been cancelled during the COVID-19 pandemic. On March 21st, Jamie was supposed to travel to Cuba via Sunwing Airlines, but due to the coronavirus, was forced to cancel her trip. She says at first, the airline offered a refund, and it was being processed. But at the end of March, the airline told her it was only offering vouchers. To be promised one thing and then have it being processed and then stopped, it it makes me not want to travel because it's like there's no protection for us at all. Recently, the U.S. Department of Transportation issued an enforcement notice to airlines in light of COVID-19, stating that U.S. and foreign airlines remain obligated to provide a prompt refund to passengers for flights to, within, or from the U.S. when the carrier cancels the passenger's scheduled flight or makes a significant schedule change and the passenger chooses not to accept the alternative offered by the carrier. The European Union has made a similar move. So if you're Canadian
0: and you're operating on a flight that's originated in the UK or in Europe or originated in the US, and the flight's been canceled, you can apply to get a refund. Um, the airlines will drag their feet, um, will take their time, uh, and they're hoping that both the Americans and the EU would change their mind and basically go back to the way that the Canadian government has taken it and say, no cash, we're just going to be looking at vouchers. So the odds of, the odds of those regulations changing, are very high. Meantime, the
4: Canadian Transportation Agency has stated the temporary measures we've taken today strike a balance between giving airlines the necessary flexibility to adjust schedules in the face of rapidly falling passenger numbers and very fluid circumstances and making sure passengers are well protected.
0: The airline industry, as you can appreciate, is really in trouble when it comes to their cash situation. Uh, there's no revenue coming in and there's costs. They have to pay for the airplanes, pay for rent, pay for all kinds of stuff. So they're they're in a cash crunch.
4: But for passengers like Jamie, who are not working right now due to COVID-19, having cash in hand would also help her through a very difficult time. And we did reach out to Sunwing on Jamie's behalf and the airline told us it's in line with all other Canadian airlines and tour operators. We are also hearing reports tonight that despite the EU's decision that airlines must refund airfare to customers, at least one European low-cost carrier has stopped issuing cash refunds until the COVID-19 situation has eased. And if you have a consumer issue for me, you can reach me. There's my email address at globalnews.ca.
2: All right. Thanks very much, Ann. With nearly half a million confirmed cases of COVID-19 in the United States, New York state remains the epicenter of the outbreak. And as President Trump pushes to reopen the U.S. economy, concerns concerns over testing and underreported outbreaks remain front and center. Global's Reggie Caccini reports.
9: These heartbreaking images over New York's Heart Island are a painful reminder of the toll COVID 19 has taken on America's largest city. A potter's field, now home to those who lost the battle with this virus and have no family or had no funeral arrangements planned. 9,000 cases were reported in New York State on Thursday, and while fewer people are being hospitalized, the death toll is rising at a much faster rate.
5: I understand intellectually why it's happening. It doesn't make it any easier to accept.
9: New Jersey has the second highest rate of infection and death.
5: This cannot be a weekend to think we can let our foot off the gas.
9: There are roughly a dozen states with more than 10,000 positive results.
5: How
8: are you feeling?
9: But detecting hotspots is a difficult task. On March 10th, testing was the administration's goal. Over a million tests have been distributed before the end of this week. Another four million tests will be distributed. 1 month later, just over 2 million tests have been conducted and a national strategy is not on the table.
5: You don't need to test 325 to 350 million people because double one it's unnecessary.
9: There are reports that private firms are not meeting testing goals, and that could hinder any chance of reopening the economy. Meanwhile, in an effort to help those on the front line, a request to create a fund similar to the one
5: put in place for first responders of 9-11. We think the federal government should set up a Heroes Compensation Fund to compensate our health care and other frontline workers for what they did here.
9: The U.S. could reach its peak on Sunday, and a new government report suggests that if shelter-in-place orders end after 30 days or are cut short, infections and deaths could spike up to 150 days out, and that could undercut the president's plans to reopen the economy early. Reggie Chikini, Global News, Washington.
3: There is further evidence today that Italy and Spain are past the worst of this phase of the pandemic, but both countries still reported at least 500 deaths in the past day. The UK and France are now seeing the worst of the pandemic in Europe, with almost 1,000 deaths each in one day. Global's Redmond Shannon reports.
1: Politely policing a pandemic. A London officer asks people to go home if they are not visibly exercising. Enforcing the rules here is getting more difficult as the spring weather improves, even as the death toll soars.
9: Of those who've contracted the virus, 8,958 have sadly died, an increase of 980
1: since yesterday. In Ireland, the national lockdown has been extended until May 5th and police are out to block any Easter getaway plans. I
5: can reiterate, a journey to a holiday home is not an essential journey. We will be able to turn you back. The discipline required to to live by this medical advice is starting to slip a little. We're seeing things like people exercising more than two kilometres from their home.
1: Police in France are using humour to convince people to stay home. The message? The couch should be as far as you go this weekend. But some police forces don't have the power to arrest, just to advise. In Germany, the death rate among those infected is distinctly lower than in other parts of Europe. This group of worshippers gathered for a special drive in Good Friday Mass, praying for the victims and their families. Le monde entier est terrassé par une An even more remarkable Good Friday Mass in Paris. One year after the fire that gutted Notre Dame, the Archbishop practising physical distancing as he prays inside the cathedral, one that remains a construction site. It's high-profile renovation put into perspective by this worldwide emergency. Redmond Shannon, Global News, London.